Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Hello and welcome to Koala Moon, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. And welcome too to our newest recruits to the Coco Club. Thanks for joining us, siblings Rossa, Ezra, Jonah and Agnes, Millie Jasmine Jones from Geelong, Jeremiah from Perth, and B. Audette. Wow, what a group of lovely names. And what a joy it is to have you all tuning in to us on such a regular basis. Thank you. I'm so thrilled you're here. And now you've got hours of new stories to explore. I wonder which ones will become your new favourites. Maybe this one. Our Coco is just warming his toes in front of the fire right now. And Sunny, she's all curled up tight and warm on a cushion in her bed because there's no doubt that it really is winter time here in the UK now. Outdoors, it feels quiet and very still, as all the life in the garden and fields around us have either slowed right down or gone dormant. Winter is the perfect time to slow down. We can all replenish our energy, ready for the brighter, longer days of spring and summer. So, let's just all enjoy the rest. Lie back in bed and take some steady breaths in and out, with your eyes open or closed. Just think about being still and letting all the busyness in your body from your day ebb away into the bed below you or float into the covers above you. Breathe in and out. In and out. Lovely. In tonight's story, we're going to meet a cuddly bear named Winter, that's Winter with a Y, who is growing up and preparing for his first solo hibernation. Imagine your bed as your den, and little Winter is in his den deep in the forest. Let's hunker down in our own dens and continue to relax as I begin Winter the Hibernating Bear by Jane Thomas Winter the Grizzly Bear had come into the world one cold January night, more than two years before this story is set. He and his brother and sister appeared into the warmth of their mother's den, buried deep in a snowdrift on the northern slopes of Eagle Peak in Yellowstone. Their mother had curled her soft body and legs around the three tiny bears, protecting her young for month after month, until the outside world had wakened enough and the leaves were unfurling on the trees. Winter would never forget the first time he left the den. High up on the mountainside, they emerged to a land still covered in white, 
looking down towards green valleys that were dressed with flowing fields of wildflowers. Flashes of colour poured and spilled into the scene. The three cubs had stayed close to their mother, learning to climb a tree as fast as a flash, learning to grab a fish with a dab and a dash. For eight months, they'd followed close behind her, watching and copying her every move. In the moments where she rested, the trio batted away butterflies with paws that seemed to grow with each passing day. They rolled down hills, head tucked in and arms wrapped around their body, so perfect little balls of brown fur raced down the slopes. In the warmest months of the summer, they wrestled in the shallows of the river, watching as the waters that had raged when they first emerged slowly stalled to a sedentary stream as the last of the snow melted and headed towards other rivers and other lakes and distant seas. And as their first autumn appeared, Winter and his brother and sister learned the berries that were good to eat, found the nuts and grasses that were the most sweet and succulent, and dug deep into the ground to find the richest roots. They and their mother ate and ate to keep them full and safe for their long winter sleep high on the slopes of Eagle Peak, buried beneath the snow. Winter had passed his first whole hibernation with his siblings and his mother, and then spent spring and summer refining his hunting skills and tree climbing and berry finding. Then, together they'd headed for the safety of a den for their second winter together. This year, when they emerged, blinking against the brightness of the sunshine, stretching and easing the sleep from their bones after having been curled up together for so many months, their mother had wished them well and sent them on their way, nudging them towards different corners of Yellowstone National Park. It was time for them to be by themselves at last to use all the lessons they had learned and to live the lives of free bears, wandering in one of the world's great wildernesses. Sometimes, when he was down by his favourite fishing spot, where the salmon leaped and the fireweed rustled softly in the breeze, Winter would see his brother further downstream. They would smile at each other and wave, noses twitching to read the messages sent through the air, but generally each kept themselves to themselves. It was a solitary life, but not a lonely one, for grizzly bears are born to live alone and love the freedom they're given by being able to spend day after day, week after week, and month after month, just by themselves. Winter usually stayed in the same broad area, allowing himself to venture as far south as the fallen rocks, as far east as the river, as far west as the water the colour of sapphires that steamed gently all day and all night, and as far north as the meadows where the bison grazed. 
One morning, he had allowed himself to go further, sniffing the air cautiously and following new smells and scents until he came upon a clearing and saw for the first time in his life a strange new animal that was bright blue and shiny and roared in a way he'd never heard an animal roar before. And then more creatures had emerged from the blue animal and set a blanket on the ground. And they had all sat down and taken out boxes filled with foods that had scents such as Winter had never known. Winter sat and watched from the safety of the shadows of the trees, returning to the site again and again, and always seeing the same scene. Except sometimes the giant animal, which made strange noises, was red, like the setting sun, or silver, like the fish that leapt, or black, like the sky at night. And sometimes the smaller creatures that emerged were very quiet and sat peacefully looking out at the world from behind strange black boxes that clicked and flashed. And sometimes there were loads of the smaller creatures and they ran around making noises and shouted and screamed and laughed. The longer he watched, the more Winter learned. Soon, he found out that the little creatures were called people. Sometimes, when the people weren't looking, Winter would emerge from his hiding place, lumbering over to their picnic blankets as softly and gently as he could, sniffing and peering at the food within. There were tastes he'd never known, with the tang of salt and vinegar dancing on his tongue and the strange texture of cheese and soft bread getting stuck for a while in his teeth. Winter didn't head to the clearing every day, but on the days he did go, he learned which foods were good and which were not. He loved the fruits that appeared on the picnic blankets, fruits that didn't grow anywhere in Yellowstone. Sometimes the creatures left things behind, carelessly discarded packets that rustled as he picked them up, and bottles filled with strange-coloured liquids that tasted as sweet as a hundred raspberries in a single sip. Winter ate them all, for his mother had given him the very important job of eating as much as possible in preparation for the long months of winter when he would need to dig a den and hide himself away from the world. There were days when Winter let himself be idle for a few hours, when he lay on his back in the soft grasses of the meadow and watched the eagles soar high above. He wished that he could fly drifting around on the thermals, swooping high and low, skimming across the surface of a river. And sometimes he was sure the birds were showing off, teasing him with their skills. On one of the first days by himself, Winter had climbed a tree, reaching up branch by branch and going as high as he dared, 
before launching himself into the sky the way the eagles did. His fall to the ground was slowed by those same branches, and he ouched and bothered his way to the grass far below. Winter had looked up and down and left and right, checking that nobody else had seen his foolishness and tucking away his new knowledge for future use. Bears did not fly, he now knew. His mother had been right, and she had taught him everything he needed to know to survive in the world. From now on, he would remember the lessons and not try to be something he was not. Bears and eagles, Winter thought to himself as he lay on his back and watched them wheel and swoop, were very different beasts. As indeed, he supposed, were bears and bison. The bison always travelled in huge groups, and one afternoon he tried to count the animals as they grazed in the field below. By the time he reached 3,000, he was feeling quite cross-eyed and confused and gave up, realising that these animals that wanted to be around thousands of others were very different to bears. One afternoon in late summer, as he played on the shingle beaches and dashed in and out of the waters catching the silver salmon that leapt and wriggled and surged, he thought he saw his mother high on a mountainside, looking down at him and smiling. He wasn't sure, but just in case, he took extra care to charge and dive and catch as well as he ever had, reassuring her that he was doing well in the world, and he had learned from all the lessons she had shared. And one evening in the late autumn, he had seen his sister heading towards the same patch of berries as himself, holding back to let her go ahead and eat them instead of him. For a moment, he wondered about going forwards and tapping her on the shoulder and wrestling and playing with her as they had in those early years. But his sister gave off such an air of contentment, her soft breath, showing white in the air as the coolness of the evening took hold, that he held back and let her be, safe and happy to be alone in the world. There was one thing Winter's mother hadn't told him, but that he had decided all for himself. He knew that he needed to eat and eat in order to survive the five months he would lie buried in his den beneath the snow and she had given him all the skills he would ever need to be able to do that ten times over. As late autumn reached towards early winter, as the days grew shorter and the nights closed in, he was more aware than ever that he wanted to fill his mind with all things beautiful and wonderful, so that he would dream the best and most glorious dreams as he slept for month after month. And so, every moment of winter's days were filled with finding something more extraordinary than he'd seen on the last.
He watched the leaves on trees as they turned from green into brown and red and yellow, seeing how their edges dried and curled. And finally, when the winds laced with ice whipped through the valleys, they drifted softly and gently to the ground. He felt them under his great paws, the crunching of the dry ones and soft slipperiness of the wet ones. And sometimes he lay in piles of them and kicked his feet so they danced in the air once more before falling down on his nose. He watched as the other animals prepared for winter too, seeing how the squirrels piled up nuts and buried them one by one into the ground, gently patting them into place and looking around to find ways of remembering their secret store. And one by one, the birds started to fly south, sometimes in small groups and sometimes with thousands flying together, their wings beating in unison as they soared towards warmer weather and sunnier skies. In those last weeks before he headed up Eagle Peak to make his den, winter sniffed the air and knew that the first snows were coming. He loved the snow. He loved the feel of it falling onto his face and fur, and he loved the way it crunched under his feet. He loved rolling into giant drifts and sliding down the slopes, looking back at the trails he left behind. Sometimes, when it was snowing hard, he could walk for ten paces and look back to find his tracks already covered by falling snow. And he felt as if he was magically invisible to the rest of the world. When it was like this, he dared himself to dance, lifting his giant feet and humming sounds to himself that sounded like the river and the wind in the trees and the screeches of eagles high above. No other living beast would ever know that winter danced in the snow, for he always took care to do this only when the snow fell thick and fast and his footsteps were filled in forever as quickly as he made them. The giant blue and red and black creatures winter now knew to be cars stopped coming when the snows came. Sometimes the smaller creatures appeared, balancing on slender skis and racing fast across the countryside, weaving between the trees and shrieking with delight. They didn't come anymore with their rustling packets of strange-tasting food and fruits from lands far away, but they made him laugh in the way they charged across the snow-covered landscape, stopping sometimes to scoop up handfuls of the soft white powder and throw it at each other. He saw them pile the snow together once, forming it into the shape of a giant bear. That night, after the small creatures had gone, 
He went to the bear and patted the snow into place, putting a smile on the snow bear's face. The same small creatures returned the next day and saw what had been done, and he saw them laughing and scratching their heads and looking around for who could possibly have done this. And safe behind a snowdrift, Winter laughed to himself to watch their confusion and delight. It was when the sun began to sink so low in the sky that the days barely had light left in them that Winter knew it was time to begin his annual trip to the highest reaches of Eagle Peak. His mother had always told him to create his den on the north-facing slopes of the mountain. It was the coldest part where the winds blew the snow into the highest mounds, piling up the warmth above him as he slept through the long winter months. By now, winter was so large that it was almost difficult to drag himself up the mountainside. Each step felt heavier and heavier, and the snow became deeper and deeper. He looked up and chose a tree to aim for, the highest, strongest, toughest tree he could find that would be the perfect placement for his first solo den. For hour after hour, he trudged through the snow his eyes almost completely closed against the winds that whipped and swirled around him. Winter thought of the den he would build and the sleep he would have and the dreams that would fill his mind for month after month. And when he reached the giant tree, he set about digging deep into the ground, pulling up rocks and plants and stones and soft earth. He dug far into the mass of roots to create something of a cave, and when he was finished, he turned to take one last look at the world before he retreated. Stretching as far as he could see was a blanket of white. Far beneath him, Far, far away, he saw and heard of three thousand bison marching slowly and steadily across the land. A golden eagle soared above, its feathers a dark blur against the falling snow. Winter whispered a soft goodbye to everything he knew and loved and headed into the softness of his den, turning himself this way and that on the earth floor, until he found just the way to curl himself to be as warm and cosy as possible. He kept one eye on the entrance for a while, watching as the snow piled up and up, until he was quite sealed off from the world. He lay, wrapped in cosy silence and sleepy darkness. 
As the snow grew deeper and deeper above him, the cries of the eagle and the whistle of the wind were lost. Winter smiled to himself as he looked back on his first spring, his first summer, his first autumn that he had spent roaming the wilderness. He thought of the way the river had churned and roared during those early months, filled with the icy water of melting snow, and how the brightest, freshest, greenest leaves had dared to unfurl as the sun rose warmer and higher in the sky. He thought of the fish he'd caught, and the warm roots he had pulled from the ground, and the berries that had appeared brighter and plumper as the year went on. He thought of the strange tangs of the food he had tried that the little people brought. He thought of all the animals readying themselves in their own way for the winter, some heading south, and others piling up stores of food, and the other animals, the chipmunks and the mice and the frogs that he had seen heading off to hibernate, just like him. He thought of his mother and his brother and his sister, probably not so very far away, curled up safe and warm in their own dens far beneath the snow and Winter knew he was ready for a long and wonderful sleep, dreaming a thousand dreams of everything he'd seen and done. The spring would be beautiful again, the summer would be filled with magic, but now it was time to sleep and rest to drift away and hide from the world for a while. He breathed soft and low, just the way his mother had taught him, gently in and gently out, gently in and gently out. His body relaxed, and was warm and safe and flowing with gentle dreams. <laughs>